Welcome to The Real Deal, where we get real about what it takes to succeed. Whether it's wealth, health, relationships, or finding your purpose, we talk to the masters to uncover the secrets to defying the odds and creating your own rock star legacy. I'm Doug, and after working on multiple Grammy-winning records as an author, transformational speaker, and your personal translightenment coach, I'm committed to your growth and success. And now, here's the real deal. So are you ready? Yes, yes indeed. Oh, Make we, it happen. <clears throat> well, before we begin, I need to acknowledge our sponsor, um, because, uh, well, you know, I sponsor myself. So, without further ado, are you feeling stressed out? Perhaps being plagued by day terrors or even worse, night terrors. If anxiety, trepidation, stress, and fear are wearing you down, go ahead to guidedhypnotic.com. That's guidedhypnotic.com and download your free guided hypnotic meditation. That's guidedhypnotic.com. There you go. So uh, I love it. You got the voice for it too, my friend. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> and oh, I, I didn't have this set up right. Let me have fun here. We got this. I can uh, change the the sound. I thought I didn't realize it was on radio distortion. Oh, I, <clears throat> it's, that's not how it occurred to me, but I, I guess it oh, yeah. was. That's what it was. Where really it was meant to be. <laughs> I, I, I love it. You got to show me how to do that, my friend. It's, uh, it was my voice. I did that all on my own. All right. Exactly. <clears throat> Here we go. Joseph Varghese, a.k.a. the Breakthrough Engineer, is a grow and growth and profit strategist. He is also co-leader of the New York Power Team. He is passionate about empowering others to stay focused, driven, and living their highest potential. For 17 years, he's been immersed in the science of peak performance, productivity, and gamification. Joseph has become a thought leader in the area of peer accountability. Since 2005, Joseph has been facilitating success circles. So go ahead to successcircles.com. Dot com, a peer momentum-based community for entrepreneurs and coaches. That is just the tip of the iceberg, my friend. True or true? True or true. Yes, true indeed, my friend. So, awesome. <laughs> thank you awesome. so much, A, for uh, you know, sharing your most valuable asset, your time and your wisdom and, and beyond, and also uh, just to share some light on you know, kind of what's possible, how we're navigating these interesting times. And a little preface, I believe we've probably known each other for a good 20 years. Close to it, I'd say, yeah. Through yeah. The New York Power Team, other communities, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we're still plugging away, living in, you know, living the dream. So what's been going on? How are you? What are you passionate about these days? And we're going to talk about gamification and um, you know, how that has been a passion of yours. So uh, where did it all begin? Yeah, brother. So where do, where do I start? I mean, these days I'm passing by my family. My kids are like running upstairs back and forth with our new nanny. Right. Uh, so I can hear that at times as well also. So my, just being a great dad, like you are as well, also committed to that. Mm -hmm. my, my why, I often share this generational leadership, kind of like impacting my kids and their kids. So they're top of my focus these days. And everything I do relates to that as well also with regard to the things we do with the huddles and peer groups, success circles, all of that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just li living in New York, making the most of this, it's just time with family and creating more impact, more value in the world. 
Well, and you've been doing the success circles. I recall, you know, when I, obviously I, I went on the road with Tony Robbins in 06, late 06, 07. Um, so you were already doing that uh, back in, in the day of uh, the power team um, when I was deeply involved in the New York power team. So this has been going on for a long time. Years. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, what's interesting is that you talk about voice and you've got this stellar way of communicating voice, like you know, all, of, all of that. So you're very passionate about that. And I see the great equipment you have there too as well. I, um, I'm passionate about voice too, in a different sense and in the same sense too as well. So um, when I 9-11 hit, I, I, checked, I stepped out of the corporate world. I was an engineer and I went through this depression point, a period of time for mm-hmm. many months I had the CDs for Personal Power 2, Tony Robbins program, popped it in. I didn't even listen to the whole set, but there's one, was one audio where he talks about where focus goes, energy flows. He talks about focusing on raising standards and wins, victories, things of that sort. I started journaling that, I still do. Part of Success Circles is about that. Now, the I guess the commonality with, with you, which, where you're at, is that um, one day I went to see a pharmacist for my allergy medication. I was had allergies at the time. I no longer do. And, and a woman next to me by the counter, she said something unique to me that stirred an idea. She basically said that you've got this unique voice, you know, and it's, it's, you've got a gift and it would be a shame to your creator. If you left that on the table, you didn't use that to, to, uh, to really make a difference in the world, something of that sort. Mm-hmm. And it's, I just, it, I was just like in awe that someone would communicate to me that way, a complete stranger. And it initiated this idea. So I went to study voice for a number of years. Uh, a Linkletter approached, Kristen uh, Linkletter, I worked with some of the voice, top voice teachers in the world. In New York, uh, a voice server coach in Merrick, Long Island. I used to go out there for a bit. Um, improv, three years of improv, completely changed my life from being a very left brain engineer. Mm. But I say that because, um, Fast forward 2005 at a Tony Robbins event, Day with Destiny, um, I declared a purpose, a mission statement that I still live th- these days. It meant something different to me back then. It was about inspiring others to find their own God-given voice, very similar to the feedback she had given me, this woman. Mm. I didn't know what it meant fully, but I, I, I was inspired by it. And then one day, maybe two weeks after that event, I'm walking through 34th Street by Penn Station and there's like this guy and uh, he's got a whole table full of incense and a few books here and there. And one book stood out, one personal development book. And that book that he had on the table was The Eighth Habit by Stephen Covey. Mm. Right? I think I have it here in my desk over here somewhere on this side. And The Eighth Habit, as you open it up, uh, it's, it's to inspire others to find their voice as leaders. Mm. So much everything I've been doing for the past 15 years has been honoring that mission. Um, that's been my filter through life, leading the power team, success circles, being very actively involved with Bass Brigade, many other endeavors too as well also. It's just inspiring leadership. And so that's what I do. That's how I see voice these days. Um, it's changed my life. So were you doing voiceovers and, and that? Because you do have a, you know, a very smooth voice. <laughs> uh, is that something that you were doing for a period of time? Or do you still do that? Is that something that you enjoy? I did it for friends, for phone systems, um, okay. websites, things of that sort. I've got the domain, thevoiceman.com. Yeah, there you go. I, however, um, 
what I realized, and I, I, I spoke to Abrams, which is one of the top companies at the time. They're like, you've got to do more work around this, really master the skill set. And it just became clear to me that I'm not an actor. Mm. I studied improv for three years, and the top professionals in the space happen to be perform- performers, actors. Right. And um, so I, I gave it up. I gave, I gave it up around my 2006 or so. And so <clears throat> it's actually a really sort of powerful statement you just made. Uh, and that awareness of something that you realize that maybe for whatever he's like, could you become an actor? Could you put the work in and all that? Yes, obviously everyone can do that. Um, how did you feel about like changing and pivoting at that moment? Because that I'm sure you had a lot of people, you had a passion to a degree to then kind of step back and go, you know, um, maybe I'm better suited to put my energy elsewhere. Did you feel a sense of loss? Did you, was that a, a challenge for you? Because, you know, like, and we're going to bounce around timelines yeah. during this conversation. Like right now, people are pivoting and losing gigs and losing dreams and, and all sorts of things. And what do you do with that? And you consciously did it. So how did you do that? Is there maybe a, a moment that you realized or what was their process that you were able to come to that conclusion? A lot of it was proximity. So great, great point. How did the, how did the pivots happen? So the proximity at that point, post-Day with Destiny, that event, the people around me were leaders. We had, were all clear about our purpose and, or, and our values. So it was a building a structure around that. Prior to that happening, my peer group for a long time were actors, were performers, studying improv, being on stage, taking classes together. I did a class a few months ago. Uh, it was a musical theater improv class. Mm. Are, you still, are you still doing it? Uh, well, someone gifted it to me, so I, I do it. I love it. It changed. Yeah. It was the best thing I've ever done. Like in February, I did it this year for a whole week, immersed And every day, I sing and dance with my kids. My daughter, pick her up. You know, I, I sing to her, um, um, You're My Sunshine, and we just do this musical together. But that came about out of musical theater improv. And I've always loved musical theater and like uh, stories about them of my early days with my wife and this time where they created a whole musical theater show based on my, my, my life and my experience meeting Mira Koch as a kid. That's mm. a whole other story. Um, to answer your question, it is about proximity. So it was, it was around people, actors, and to be honest, at the time when I was in that world, um, I, I kind of... Even though I was successful as an engineer, as a consultant, up until about 2001, making a lot, um, when I became an actor, I, I, I was around people who had more of a, of a scarcity mindset, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, not everyone. I mean, I, I mean, I was in a relationship with someone for a while, and she did not. Um, but a lot of those people did, and I realized that, that was affecting my own psyche, too, as well. And um, it, it was more of a 2000. My, my dad passed away in 2004. And then when he passed away, I made strides to sell my home in Jersey, to move to Queens to be around my mom in Bayside, Queens. And it just became very clear to me that I had to create a whole new peer group mm. from where I was at. I no longer had easy access to go to Manhattan, and getting on train, take acting classes. The power team became my family. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, this idea post-date with Destiny around creating a peer group, accountability structure, came to me based on something I was doing before. And that over the years, it just, it just led to success ripples. And you know, playing with the compound effect, really taking on some of the engineering ideas, Kaizen principle, making it better and better each, each day. It just took a life on itself. And there's more to it, like meeting Michael Gerber and working with Jay Abraham and 
other extraordinary leaders that helped guide me along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that, that's kind of a summary of where things were with the voice and the pivots there. I, I, and to answer your question too, like I, I've had about eight career pivots and I think it's important to be able to be, be flexible and be able to embrace the pivot. So one of my mentors, uh, Joel Roberts, encouraged me years ago to write a book about the pivot, reinventing oneself. Mm. And that's something that I will do at some point in the future. Um, there's a strategy around it. It's, it's about, and there are books about this topic too. Part of it is proximity, who you're around. Part of it also is what resources you have in front of you, around you. Another part of it is identity, like how we identify ourselves. Like at some point in the past, I was the voice man. I've got that domain. I'm not attached to it anymore. I've got other identities. The Breakthrough Engineer is one of those new identities that I have so far, right, right now. And it's being flexible. Like I've started several ventures. Uh, when I did the forum back in 2003, I started a, a event company called Metrofly, a club in New York called Centrofly closed. So I'm like, well, that's a great name. Let's go with Metrofly. And we threw parties, fundraisers for two years. I'd never done them before. And just I learned skills from email marketing, joint ventures, connecting charities with people. And it's, it's, it's going after one thing I love from improv. And I talked about this earlier with a, a client of mine is um, this whole idea of follow the fear. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's uh, one of the top improv teachers in the whole world like has a, like, like says that that's one of his, his taglines and it's, it's plastered on the wall at the pit theater in New York. And, um, it's really being on your edge, um, like really being bold. And the willingness to surround oneself with people who are playing that level of extraordinary game because we become who we're around, right? So that's, that's been my journey so far. It's being one level of being uncomfortable to another level of being uncomfortable and noticing what happens internally and making the shifts to kind of honor that expansion. Well, and that's so important, the, the proximity. I mean, my, my whole career pivot and change from music into personal development was a direct result of uh, the power team. Because uh, I joined, my first event ever was Unleash the Power Within in, jeez, uh, I don't know, 03, 04, something like that. And uh, I, I was blown away. It's like, I had no idea that there were events like this. It was like a rock concert, right? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I, I got turned on. I was like, I started looking for more. Right. And then I, um, my next event that I went to was like a, uh, an MMI. Hmm. And I'm sitting in the MMI by myself. I went there on my own. And I think it was Carson Daly and Laura and a, a couple of the, you know, old school, you know, uh, yeah. power teamers. I don't Car- even Car- 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 Carson Tang, yeah. Carson uh, Tang. Daly, Tang. Sorry. <laughs> like, Car- Carson oh. still, Carson's still uh, good. He's a good friend of mine. We, we, we do hikes to Augur. Sorry, I was going to say Carson Daly. I saw last night, uh, I was flipping the channels and um, Josie and the Pussycats was on the movie and yeah. Carson Daly did of a fourth. It's, 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 it's all focus. So a big theme of this, and I'll invite people at some point is the power of focus and the top of mind path of least resistance. We'll go into that very soon. Mm-hmm. But back to you, the MMI experience, Carson was there. So I'm, I'm sitting down. I don't know if you were there or not. I don't know if you remember this. And they, they were all talking about the, um, the, the UPW. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, wow. You know, I was there. That was great. And they're like, oh, yeah, come join the power team. I'm like, what's that? Like, well, we get together once a month and we, you know, we just resource share and, you know, it's like camaraderie and we just keep the, the keep this energy moving forward. I'm like, you get to, there's people who get together on purpose. I'm there. So I went there and uh, at that time, I think, um, uh, uh, 
Car- it was a Ross Lagamina and then yeah, yeah, Carson. Ross, yeah, it was Ross. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, Joe Blank. I just saw him a couple months ago. Um, he uh, he was looking to become actually he was doing a demo. The first night I went, he was recording a demo to become a uh, facilitator for Tony for um, I guess the 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 digital events. Yes, the so events. talking. We're doing that, and then Manny Goldman. Uh, he and I became friends. He moved to California, became friends with Jarek, and then reached out to us and were like, hey, guys, Tony's looking for LSRs for that gig. And I was at the bottom of my stuff going on, and you know, music was dead for me at that moment, and I had to just reinvent. And I, you know, without getting into the whole story and how I got the job, I ended up getting the gig and um, actually was my first digital event that I was that I sold for uh, for Tony was Ross facilitating. Wow, got it. So cool, That's... close loop. But the point being is is edifying the power of proximity and putting yourself in an environment that creates not only conscious accountability but other than conscious accountability. Because when you're surrounded by people playing a certain level we just naturally start to elevate our game to to stay in that you know all boats rise and fall with the tide exactly and you rise the expectations they expect it to be bigger and better and bolder and you know particularly how you present yourself in the moment Mm -hmm. and we just do what we can to to kind of honor that that agreement that that's there that they they expect it to be bold and extraordinary and you know beyond right and that's the whole nature of it it's great it's brilliant well, and the great thing about the power team in particular, and I think, in, you know, about Tony Robbins, uh, people, you know, people who are in that person development and have Tony in their world, they're relatively agnostic in where they get their information from, meaning they're not like it's Tony or nothing. Like you went to forum, I went to forum, we brought in other speakers to the power team. Like it was never about it had to be Tony's way or no way. Uh, which is powerful because there are some groups who get kind of myopic yeah. on the the teacher instead of looking at the principles and going, hey, where what are some other ways we can create some more breakthroughs and learnings and, and expansion? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they're all universal principles. And Tony's great packaging it. And even Stephen Covey, I mentioned Eighth Habit. That book came, you know, I, I was a fan of Stephen Covey. That idea came, I mean, it, it Going to Day with Destiny was an extraordinary event, and then tapping to that book as a resource and making my, my purpose that, just connecting ideas together. And it's, 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 there's so many paths, and all these universal truths come together. And I think the cornerstone of all of it is, is focus. Where focus goes, energy flows, that idea. Napoleon Hill talks about that. It's age-old principle. The Bible, the Torah talks about it. And it's just continually willing to like, hack our focus and um, keep, keep the important things top of mind. And take the small micro actions at one percent uh, of actions each day toward toward meeting that. Right. That's the way I see it. So when you started the success circles back then, and, and after you going to date, and you got all fired up about it, what was that journey like? How did you um, how did you get that up and running? And what were some of the the challenges that you may have had back then? And are they similar or different today? Different challenges back then. Now we're focused on scaling. The, uh, uh, the journey around success before it was called the embrace group and it was this fun thing I was doing. It was a hobby. And it was, it was I, every two weeks I pair people together as buddies. I put together these questions I put on the website and people would get in a call and share their answers to these questions. Kind of like going back to 2001 when I went to this depression and started focusing on these questions, raising standards, contributions, 
and shift in my state. So we got to kind of get in dialogue about these things each day, one-on-one, on a buddy call, on a daily huddle. And I didn't call it a daily huddle back then. The word huddle came years later when I met maybe with Keith Ferrazzi. I think um, I had lunch with him um, through Larry Benet, one of the friends, one of the friend, our Manny Goldman and I have a comment with Larry Benet. Yeah. You probably know Larry as well also. Larry's also from New York as well. And um, so, so the Embrace group basically evolved into success circles. And Michael Gerber, I went to an event with him in San Diego in 2007. And I came, with, I came to that event called The Dreaming Room with an idea. That idea was about building a process consulting company called Process to Profit. And um, it just made sense because I had a process engineering background. I wanted to help entrepreneurs succeed and thrive and streamline the business's operations. And he had me on stage for about 30, 40 minutes. And he's like looking at what I presented to him. And he's like, well, there's no passion here. There's, I don't see this pulling at your heartstrings. It's like, you know, you know, you can, you, the, the seat you've got right now on stage with me, people, would pay, people pay thousands of dollars to have these moments. What else you got? And I told him, well, I have this group called the Embrace Group. And it's, 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 it's really, I get a lot, I'm inspired by it. There are multiple huddles happening each day. Um, I, we found a way to measure progress. Most of my members are entrepreneurs or coaches. And he's like, well, tell me more. And I drew it out, I mapped it out, I talked about it. He's like, that's it. And um, so that was kind of a wake up point around success circles. And I started branding in success circles. Now, two years goes by. And it's 2009 now. And our friend Carson has an event upstate, Power Mastery event. You might have been at that event too. Jarek was there too. Uh, I wasn't at that one, but I've spoken at it since we spoke at a couple of years ago. Great. Awesome. Fantastic event. Yeah. 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 So he had this event, maybe one of his first variations of this on his own doing Power Mastery. And uh, at this event, there was um, uh, a very vibrant woman. She's 26 years old with her mom. Top of the world, charismatic. She just finished UPW, like passionate, jumping out of planes, like firefighter, volunteer firefighter, doing all these extraordinary things. I was in and out of that event. I was uh, in a relationship and we, were just, we're, we weren't in that event full time. We we're just hanging out, visiting. And, uh, hang, and, and I had it in my mind, I bought these flyers at event to talk about success circles, giving people like a month of access to this program. We'd already affected maybe 50, 60 people at that point, as far as members, people referring people in our community. But I, I, didn't, I hadn't done the full work toward branding it further, like being able to make it into a billable business. So what happened at this event, which basically changed the course of everything, three days after this event, uh, this woman, Emily Selvage um, is her name, and her mom, Sheila, she, she took her life. Hmm. She, she locked herself into a house. Um, she, she took her life. And it occurred to me that by if I had taken on the opportunity to talk to Carson ahead of time about presenting at this event and talking about this idea of a huddle, like no longer being isolated, being connected, sharing gratitude, sharing your why, it occurred to me that if I had shared that and given everyone that opportunity, including her, that wouldn't have happened. Mm. So it's no accident later that month, same month of June, 2009, Ross had a power team meeting. It was like a circle of people, maybe eight of us, it's no accident that one of the people in that circle, Eric Goldstein, became my first paying member of Success Circles. Because in those two weeks, I'd done the work to build the building of the systems toward building a model that was scalable, taking the advice that Michael Gerber gave me two years before, 
it took the pain of losing someone who, um, you know, that I, that I, I, I could have potentially given value to. And, and, and I've, I've, over the years, I've done work around this to release a lot of those thoughts and it's not my fault and so forth. I realized that. Yet we find oftentimes that pain is a big motivator. Mm-hmm. And it took that pain and other points in my life of pain experiences um, to cause a lot of change in my life, right? So Eric was my first paying member. Second member was Ellen Reach. Um, she mm-hmm. passed away last week. Uh, I got mm-hmm. to honor her, created a, a blog post about her also. Wow. Rules, rulesforsuccess.com, we created a whole, yeah, she, she passed away. She was extraordinary. She taught yeah. me quite a bit too about, you know, work ethic. And, um, and then Eric invited his best friend, Paul Fursano, and then it started growing and growing and compounding and the community grew quite a bit since then. But it, it took that. So it took a lot of pain to maybe be able to, um, to, to really move it forward. Um, and there are other pieces and people that were there too. And I could talk about my childhood, like my parents come in this country back in the sixties. My mom was a RN nurse and um, she and her friends bought a house in Canada. They came, my dad, she, she, my dad came to this country and in our house in Elmhurst, Queens, over the course of 20 years, uh, we had many of my dad's brothers and siblings and cousins living in our house for six months at a time. And I got to see my dad crowdsource their dreams. Mm. So it's a combination of all of these things coming together that I believe helped me build all of this. And we've launched masterminds since then, five years ago. I can go into that too as well. The whole idea with, with this, Doug, is that is that idea around game, gamification. Like life is a game. Right. Right. If you see life as being a game, today being a game, yesterday being a game, this quarter, these 90 days is being a game. There's less attachment. You just basically show up. You play hard. You start the day with a huddle. You review, you review your day. And tomorrow, you know what? It's a new game. You know, you, you're, not, you're not attached to the breakdowns the day before. You have lessons that are there. We just built a whole framework to help people um, like reflect on these lessons, get course-correcting feedback by someone who's separate to ahead of you, mm-hmm. someone in the same playing field as you, hence the whole game metaphor. We're all in the same playing field throwing a ball, throwing a ball or kicking a ball or you know, with one another. We just we evolved our community to embrace a lot of these ideas, just around game theory, making life fun, making accountability fun, and um, you know, and I believe also at the heart of it saving lives. I believe a lot of our people and members over the years, they've they've, they've had that compelling feature, their why alive for them every day. Going back to RPM, Tony's program, Rapid Planning Method, like having that why in front of you, where you pull into action each day, because it's it's there, it's in dialogue. You're, you're not in monologue. You can monologue. You're in your head overthinking things over and over and over again. And people have a thought and that thought can be a dangerous thought if they overthink that thought yep. versus someone who is focused on possibility, growth, or why being heard every day, being connected, like finding, sharing their voice each day. There's a lot of opportunity there. That's, 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 that's what I live for. Love it. And so I'm sure the the timing couldn't have been better for a lot of people in the last few months, you know, because right now as we date this conversation, we're still in the middle of COVID and, and so forth. Um, what impact did all of this wackiness have on on you, on the growth of the business, on the uh, the way you were communicating with people, um, because I'm sure that you got a lot of opportunities to hear some other challenges as well. And I'm um, hallucinating it probably inspired you to do even more to help others. 
but did this have any impact on on how you were doing your business, how you were growing it, how you were impacting people? It did. I mean, I we, we brought on board a number of uh, big players. People are making six, seven figures, platinum partners in our community. And I had to face them. So I would buddy up with them at some points. Like Ken Van Lu, buddy of mine, built skyscrapers in New York. I interviewed him a few weeks ago. Um, being in dialogue with someone who's playing a big game, making seven figures, just, just transforming lives, whether it's Ken or the multitude of other people, it pushed me to play, like just evolve what I'm doing to really show up powerfully and to you know level up the other ventures I have too as well. That's part of it. Um, knowing also as a community, we're contributing to others too. So there are points where a member was going through something, we helped them um, help them with that, with, with that challenge, whether they're dealing with maybe cancer or something different that often came up. See, my, my best friend, Darren, in the community 14 years ago, beginning to reinvent himself and being paired up with another member of Cali in, in, uh, in Long Island, who's a teacher, and him finding his purpose. He became a teacher out of that. Before that, he was doing sales. He just, out of his buddy calls, he's like, you know what, I like that too as well. And he made a pivot like quickly and he got his master's and he's back in success circles now seeing many other people make those pivots too. Over a short time, we had a recruiter in Canada uh, who joined about a month and a half ago and she left recruiting and we paired up with Ruth, who's uh, another kick-ass recruiter, business leader um, who moved to Bali for three years, who came back to be with her family during COVID. And this recruiter, she pivoted again, just talking to this, this having a huddle each day, talking to, to, to Ruth. And I, I think you did the wisdom course years ago. Am I, am I correct? Did you ever do the wisdom course? No. So an idea of the wisdom course, the core principle of the wisdom course is very simple. The conversations disappear. Mm-hmm. So we have dreams, we have aspirations, we have our why. And without having some way to put these things into existence, speaking them out loud in dialogue, it just, it just falls by the wayside. Right. So it's about putting those things in front of you. And, and there is an opportunity with what we do around pivoting each day, making those small course corrections each day. One of the reasons why I have this giant compass behind me, that idea of making 1% improvement, but that comes forward by like getting like clear laser feedback. And you can do it with a coach, like, you know, you're a coach and a lot of members are members of our community success circles, half members are coaches. Coaching, we find coaching calls are, uh, uh, weeks we, uh, weeks apart, sometimes every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So what happens between that? So we provide the glue around that, giving people the ability to course correct on a daily basis. I was fortunate two years ago, I worked with the top coach in the Tony company, Michael Nitty, mm-hmm. who's my coach for six, nine months. And he helped me kind of design this process. He introduced me to David Allen, who wrote the book, Getting Things Done. I worked with David for a bit of time too. Um, so we, we basically integrated a lot of these text technologies into our process and giving people a way to get congruent each day, to get make pivots, de- de- develop greater confidence. As you can imagine, when you start winning and you, and you start you share those wins on a daily basis, those wins start stacking and how we see ourselves start shifting too. Um, so a lot of things have come out of this process that, that have evolved quite a bit over the years. And it's allowing myself to evolve because I'm the biggest guinea pig in this whole process. I've had, I personally had 120 different accounting partners, momentum buddies, over the course of 15 years. Um, yeah, and it's being, being, being open and coachable. It's a big thing. So as, a, you know, as I geek out a little bit with you on this, uh, how do you pick the accountability partners? Is there a time frame at that? Are there KPIs within that? Like, it's just so interesting how you, you're doing this. I love it. I mean, it's brilliant. Um, 
I have a similar, uh, I mean, group of people that I hang with. It's not a paid thing. It's just we have this mastermind that we're just voluntarily, you know, it's just six of us that just do it. Um, but I, I love, you know, how you're scaling it and you're taking it to another level and it's vital, so important. But how, how do you decide who gets to go with who and for how long and what's the, the format, like the format? Yeah, that's a great question. So every two weeks we do the pairings. We sit down for six to eight hours, myself, my team, looking at people, their challenges, their personalities. When people sign up, they, they, they write down specifics on their personality. Like from, we have a, a 16personalities.com, I think it's the site we use. And uh, it's based on a number of factors. They're, the, the language they speak from their, their, their growth work, whether they're the landmark, Tony Robbins, strategic coach. We've had a member this past Saturday join from, from strategic coach, that organization. I find that in these frameworks we're part of, there's often a certain language and, then they, and where certain words mean something different across different communities. Significance and landmark means something different from significance in Tony, Tony Arvin's world, for example. So it, it's matching the language, looking also the time availability that people are able to connect. So for me, my calls have to be before, ideally before eight in the morning. Previously to COVID, they had to be before seven, so between five and seven. A lot of our members prefer to have calls between eight and nine. It's like a half, 20 minutes, a half hour huddle. We push out the questions each day. We use a certain app for that. We push out the questions. Um, so they can choose from these questions or they can um, expand on other optional questions too. The cornerstone question that's there that we, uh, we embrace is basically the Kaizen principle or the constant never improvement. And that question is simply this. If you have to relive yesterday over again in an alternate reality or in a parallel universe, What's one thing you would have done differently to have, uh, to have had a better day? Mm. That one question, we introduced that question maybe about um, maybe eight, nine years ago. Prior to that, it was like, how'd you raise your standards? Which mm. is a great question too. But that the, the Kaizen question, 1% improvement, reliving, it has you kind of rethink things, reevaluate your day. What's one choice I could have made yesterday with regard to sleep or with regard to maybe family, with regard to a business opportunity? And eventually, over time, you learn what those lessons stack up. You start learning, and we help you track it. So we have a survey that goes out on Fridays. So your buddy rates you, rates you in your passion on how accountable you were, and really showing up on your word. Um, you also rate your buddy too. It's kind of like a dating relationship um, of sorts, but of course, it's accountability. We call it momentum. We took out the word accountability some years back because we find momentum is more fun. We're yeah. focusing on the end result. You know, like I could be the accountability engineer, but I'm the breakthrough engineer. It's, it's more empowering because it really speaks out the benefits. Um, well, and accountability sounds to some like negative, uh, exactly. whereas, you know, it, it, momentum, you're focusing on what you want, accountability. It's like, oh, you're going to call me out on the things <laughs> I didn't do? Come on. That exactly. doesn't sound fun. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's, there's more flow and inspiration and, and momentum versus um, accountability is kind of staccato of sorts. It's like, ah, you know, like I don't want people. So it's, it's just inspiring. We just figured out a model where um, you're inspired by your why you declare it, it pulls at your heartstrings each day, kind of like R RPM. Yep. You're, you're, you're inspired to take those actions. It's in front of you. And ideally you maximize in your morning. We Stephen Pressfield talks about this too, the war of art and his other books too, that resistance builds up as we get into our day. So if you can maximize your morning, like do some things, the things that scare you, kind of follow the fear early in your day, um, the day just flows afterward. And you've got these references that start stacking up and eventually who you see yourself to be, how you identify yourself, start shifting. And then, you know, and, and it didn't work out so perfectly, you get a new buddy, right? So mm -hmm. 
like I'm budding with a guy, John, and he runs a startup in New York City. Super successful guy. We budded a month ago. And be- between the last time he and I budded together in the past four weeks, I've reshifted much everything I do. And like, and we're, and he's like, wow, you've done all of these things in the process of the past few weeks. And, and I had, and I, you know, it's, it's like you, you have these breakthroughs and these distinctions and you apply them and it's a compound effect. So the idea of making 1% progress each day, James Clear talks about this over the course of a year, it's like 37 times the level of progress. Right. I'm the biggest guinea pig in that. And I also get to see other people um, scale their lives or businesses too, as well also by, via our process. It works pretty well. And how are you marketing it? How are you getting this opportunity to others? So successcircles.com, I'm running ads. We're starting to begin run ads. For the mo- longest time, it was a referral-based. So most of our community, one of our members, David Rush, um, he referred five people. His sister, his girlfriend, Victoria, joined. Um, this woman, Mary Beth, had a call with on, on a couple of days ago. She, she joined. She went, we went to college together, of all things. Um, and... Um, so it's been referral-based for a long time, and now we're actually taking the steps toward growing it further. Especially during COVID, we've grown by 30%, maybe more, over the past several weeks. That's great. Understandably, because the virtual accountability support structures and so forth. Yeah. So I, I remember when you started uh, back in the day, uh, you were doing, obviously, uh, like freeconferencecall.com or, or one of those uh, technologies. How have you shifted? I heard you say app. I heard you, um, obviously you know, there's daily and then monthly, weekly, bi-weekly stuff. How do you allow technology to become part of your cornerstones? So I, I think people still prefer talking on the phone. So most of our interactions are on the phone directly okay. as far as the huddles go. Videos are great. I had actually interviewed someone earlier this week and she made a point that sometimes videos can be very distracting. So you wake up in the morning and trying to look good and press and all of that. Mm. And I, I know it's probably not happening here at all. But you and I have done the work around that. But sometimes it's like you overthink things getting mm-hmm. in video versus getting on a phone call. So the, so the huddles happen on the phone. We have a, a group zoom call momentumhuddle.com. We started doing this eight weeks, eight, nine weeks ago. And it's got a, it's a 20 minute event we do every day where everyone has the opportunity for two minutes, sharing their wins, their accomplishments from Q1 of the morning, setting their intention for the day and um, grounding and gratitude at the end of the call. And also like a zone action, something that scares them something by declaring it publicly in our small group it's not recorded um we've been doing that eight weeks ago so that's something we added in the mix to this kind of group huddle that's on zoom mm-hmm. then on saturday we have a we use uber conference uh it's a conference software it's kind of like free conference call uh we just find it to be more impactful useful people have a choice of being a video on that call or they can just simply be on phone and it, wor- it works really well it's very simplistic it's, it's one number they dial the 646 number to, to tap into uh if anyone's interested, if you go to momentum.buzz, it'll forward you to a link to, to participate on the Saturday call. We've been doing that call for 15 years, mm. every week, nonstop, 15 years, reflecting on our wins, sharing our theme for the next week. Um, it's just one small thing we do. And some of those, the, some of the calls we do, people come and get a taste of how success circles works. They, they, they get to- so Those are people. free resources for people. The free, free resource, exactly, precisely then they're available and they've helped a lot of people and it's great. And it's just simply a matter of reconditioning how we think Mm -hmm. really focusing on like our reticular system, focusing on wins, accomplishments. Most people are scattered. Most people are, are like, what do I do now? I'm stuck, you know? And it's like, you give them a taste of what's possible when you start focusing on, on, on building momentum, really sharing your wins and you can make it a muscle each and every day, you know, muscles get stronger over time. 
Well, and that's, I mean, basically you're taking the original concept in many respects of the power team and then spreading it out so that it, the engagement lasts that much longer as opposed to just once a month where get together for a couple hours and, you know, share a few things and then off exactly. go. Exactly. Uh, and yeah. it's funny, the, the power team was born out of the, and so, I mean, this answers basically the next need because power team started because people would go to an event and be like on fire. And then a week or two later, their momentum is gone uh, because of just the environment that they're in. So they're like, oh, let's get together power team once a month. We'll keep that momentum. And then even that people could find themselves feeling good for the night a couple days later, excuse me, exactly. then start backing off and. I love it. The daily huddles is just keeping it, it, less effort to keep the plate spinning at high velocity as exactly. opposed to once a month trying to get it going really fast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and buddies, you know, we, we, we often connect them in the daytime. I'll might send my buddy a resource throughout the day or mm -hmm. mention some feedback. So we have an app for that too. We send like a little video thing. It takes a few seconds. Um, just to keep, it's about keeping the conversation alive. Keeping right. the things that matter alive each day. And I went to a nutrition school years ago and like uh, that, this idea of could one conversation change your life? Gonna have it, have this pin next to me at times. Um, and I apologize. I think my the door upstairs to the basement got opened at some point, so you can hear my kids in the background. Might have to message my wife to uh, close the door momentarily. <laughs> my, my my wife's a physician. She um she works she, she works she sees patients. She's an endocrinologist, and we just figured out a way for her to work at home. So she works behind me at times. So I might see her go back and forth. Yeah, now we did. It's all good. Uh, so. You shared a date with Destiny. Was that your first personal development event? Like, what was your, your intro into that world? Because it sounds like, you know, from an engineer's perspective and so forth, that may not have been top of mind. So, great question. So, um, I don't often share about the specifics around this, but I, I will because this is real raw, right, with Doug. So, um, I was stuck back in 2001, and I downloaded this uh, audio off the internet called Irresistible Voice mm -hmm. by Jonathan Alfield. And uh, I was on a news group one day on alta hypnosis. Someone posted about an event happening in New York. I'd never gone to a growth event before. And um, this is around 2002. And here I was kind of stuttering, not really knowing how to like communicate so well. And I attended this event. It was run by this community called Sleepwalkers. And at this event, I met with um, someone who became one of my closest friends, Marco Cepeda. And um, it so happened that Marco also was involved with this dating community in New York. Like, so I got very actively involved with this dating community because that was also an area of my life that was missing at that point that I didn't know. Like, I really hadn't really experienced a lot, you know, 27, 28 years old, not really knowing how to communicate with women. And uh, in the process of all of that, studying improv and voice, being immersed in that world for three years, and having, fortunately, the resources for that, I actually uh, refinanced my home to be able to do all of that. Um, I just experienced monumental growth, like, like extraordinary growth. So Jonathan Altfield, that event was my first event, mm -hmm. meeting him. And that just led me down this pathway. Actually, I took a course with Doug O'Brien, 2002, Slide of Mouth. He offered a bit way back um, to that sleepwalkers community. Um, like All these crazy things started happening. And it's just like the more courageous I became, along that journey, the more opportunities came my way. And, and even in 2002, I had an opportunity, I've never, I've never shared about this public before, 
while in this hypnosis community, um, Sleepwalker, someone posted about this opportunity of um, getting on the Ricky Lake show. Hmm. And the topic was a hypnosis for lovers. And Marshall, and Sil- and the guy's name was Silver, not Marshall Silver, but another Silver. Tom Silver was his name. And um, so uh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm sharing this. But, you know, it's real raw. It's a context of like who you are, Doug, and you're kind of inviting that. I've never shared this public before. So in 2002 on the Ricky Lake show, um, I had the opportunity with a few other gentlemen to get on stage and do the full Monty on television, huh. being hypnotized by Tom Silver, right? And I wasn't, I don't think I was fully hypnotized. In the moment, I just saw it as a bold opportunity to break through what I was dealing with in the past. Yeah, having a lot of fear, being someone who stuttered, uh, being very left brain, and it, it's that and making taking and that was a national television. Family and friends were like, "Were you on TV? Was that you? Like getting naked on TV, getting out your boxers?" I'm like, "No, it wasn't me at all. It, it didn't happen." You're, you're, you, if someone looks like me, you hypnotize them. Exactly, <laughs> hypnotize them. Right? It's 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 that and stacking other experiences bold choices over the years like doing crazy things that really pushed me to like really grow, grow beyond myself mm. right like and a lot of that is peer group a lot of it is just um like building these references these success points that were i no longer identify myself as that scared engineer that mm. i used to be so um I don't know if I answered your question, but I feel like I went well, on a little, I, little. Yeah, Jonathan, Al- Jonathan Altfield uh, doing some events. I was curious, like, you know, what was your, your first entree into the personal development beyond just like some tapes yes. or that kind of thing? Like your, your event that really, because that's usually what kicks people yes. off. You know, they, was- they listen to some tapes and I listened to tapes for years. And I, uh, my success in the music industry was in large part due to just personal power, just listening to, to the 30, that 30 day program on cassette. I'll date myself. Mm-hmm. But for me, the, the huge growth happened after attending an event and like in essentially infiltrating the environment. Right. Yes. Where then I now I realize, oh, my gosh, like there's other people like me. I don't feel as much of an outcast anymore because here's a bunch of other people who are asking some of the same questions and wanting to improve themselves and seeking methods by which to do so without judgment, like just trying weird stuff on going on, you know, Ricky Lake and, you know, yeah. like stuff like that. that <laughs> the average person doesn't do. Right. I agree. And, Immersion provides that. Right. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I do want to acknowledge you because one of the things that we've seen in the personal development world as well is there's kind of two, two schools, we'll say, and it's been my experience, is you've got those who apply, they take that information and they continue to apply and apply and then grow. And then there are some like normal, like this isn't about anything other than just us being people that seem to become like the personal development junkies who just, just, yeah. they go and feel good and then they go back and to their old world and they go and feel good for a little bit. They get a little shot in the arm and then they come back and it's like a yo-yo diet. Yeah. Um, and yeah. what you're providing through success circles, I think is, is extraordinarily powerful for those who might be on a yo-yo diet because it gives them the opportunity to stay focused. Um, yeah. You know, we see this in all walks of life though, like yes. networking. Do you do a lot of networking? Like, not, as much, not as much as I used to. I'm really focused these days on partnerships, joint ventures. Right. I was trained by Jay Abraham years ago. So I, I, I used to attend a lot of events. I no longer do. And um, fortunately, the place that, 
people yeah, yeah. going the, the serial networkers and then the people who would <laughs> exactly. and then and then do the joint venture partnership they would take the action yes. and they would use networking as a, a vehicle to meet partners where others sometimes you just see them at every networking event and you're like hey let's get together next week and you're like oh yeah yeah and then crickets yep exactly my friend yeah, yeah. you see people go, like in this process where there's networking or going to growth events six months go, goes by it's the same like nothing's shifted like nothing's been stirred nothing's been nothing's progressed and in some cases 10 years goes by mm-hmm. and i've seen other people to even family members too as well people like i grew up with and um it takes a good healthy kick in the butt, like however form that is. Some people it might be 12 step. It might be some sort of other accountability meeting of sorts, a men's group perhaps to wake people up to what's possible. Um, but you know, it, I think it's about being real and raw and like that idea of that and like having a community of people where you can be authentic and really show up powerfully where they expect to be, be, be better. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do with success circles. To answer your question, like what was my growth event? It was the forum. I did that. Mm-hmm. I took an improv class, a friend of mine, my improv class, very successful physician, uh, Evan Berger's his name. We're still good friends. He was in that class. He, was, he, 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 he really stood out in that class. I'm like, like, in terms of like all these other people were actors in this community. This is in 2003. And uh, we, we hung out and he started this couple of A-list entertainment, like this party company, multiple businesses. And, he, and I asked, like, what brought you to success? What have you done? He's like, the forum, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do the forum. And um, now, little, I don't think he knew about this, but I already been signed up for the forum for five months before <laughs> that. I kept calling the, the, the company because I read some stuff online about all, all this, this um, oh, yeah. stuff about their history. And I kept canceling. I'm like, I can't, can't do it. I'm sick this month. I can't do it. Like, something else come, came up. Uh, can I get a refund? They're like, no, we can forward you. So I, instead of canceling it, I just, just I did it. This is like October 2003. Uh, Sophie. Uh, oh, you Sophie, had Sophie? Yeah, it's Sophie. And, yeah. and, I, and I interviewed her on the um. <laughs> I still have her voice in my head, her French accent. Sophie's you know. stingy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she, she, she's, a, she's a trooper. She's amazing. I, she has an audible, she's a book now, an audible. You can hear her voice too. She's my oh, form instructor. And I interviewed her uh, at the start of COVID a couple months ago, rulesforsuccess.com. Oh, it's an awesome interview. She's fantastic. Oh, yeah, connect me. I'd love to interview her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will. Yeah, she's, she's, she's fantastic. Um, so I had her. And uh, after the forum, I started my buddy Marco, I mentioned before, he en- enrolled me in an idea of, well, your friend Evan's doing these events. Could we do something similar? So we started Metrofly afterwards the next month so what happened that i did my first tony robbins event to the next month so not only did i complete the forum where i got the experience of nothing right like the idea of like life is empty meaningless you know the past doesn't matter and it's like free 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 slate to kind of reinvent myself um but then i had this fire from doing tony robbins event so i went UBW, full, right after that UBW right next month yeah so i went like balls to the wall like 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 unstoppable like I was in the bottom of Penn Station, like the staircase, just giving out flyers for our first event, for our first Metrofly event. Um, just, I just had a lot of fuel in me. It's like a lot of excitement, wanting to break out. And I also figured out I was an extrovert. I didn't know that before when I ran the marathon. So I, I won the lottery for the marathon the previous year. That's, that's what got me out of this slump. Before mm-hmm. I met Jonathan, that attended that first event, I was training for the marathon because mm-hmm. I, won the, I won the lottery for it in 2002. So the idea of physiology. Were you a runner and, or... It wasn't much. I ran track in, in high school. I cross country, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I had a heart condition, which I no longer have. So I had to like, like eliminate that when I was in high school. I couldn't do that as, as much. 
Right. And at, the, at this stage, 2002, my heart was healing. My mom had a heart transplant too before. I'm, I'm, I'm sharing a lot of backstory and things right. of that sort. I don't want to, our listeners who are watching, I don't want to confuse you and all of that. There's a lot of things have gone, all of us on this journey, there are these moments of pain and challenges and experiences and breakdowns and relationships going kaput and all of that. And they all add up. They all, mm -hmm. they all come together. Like, like Steve Jobs talks about, like all those dots connect. Yep. Um, so I, I just had a lot of fire in me from realizing that I just had this potential and uh, people around me, the, the power team community playing a big game I was connected with ongoingly going to Manhattan around that same time I found the power team too as well. And um, it's been extraordinary. I mean, I, I, re I really, I'm grateful for this whole journey. You know, it's been really, really extraordinary. Amen. And, and I would say one of the, the instructive lessons here that, that you have been able to do, and you've brought it up a number of times, is taking that pain and transmuting that into purpose, as opposed to, you know, looking at it as the pain and the woe is me. And, and it's the, that, you know, the rise from the ashes of victim to victor, where a thing happens, right? And, and to quote, you know, the forum, everything is empty and meaningless and it's empty and meaningless and it's empty and meaningless. So now what? So COVID comes, we have a choice. We could make it the worst thing ever and go, woe is me. And, you know, arg, 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 and F everybody. Or we could look at it as an opportunity to go, well, what can we do with this opportunity? What could, what meaning could we make give this? And what could be something of even more value? And I, full disclosure, the reason why I restarted this production, the, the real deal on was because of seeing, witnessing all the pain yeah. that people are experiencing right now and, and the, the confusion. And my successes in my life has been from modeling. So I just thought, well, these are the conversations. Like if you and I were just hanging out, we'd have this conversation anyway. Like this is, this is like just right. kind of the <laughs> stuff I ask. <laughs> Right. And the cool thing is, is now you can be an exemplar, a model for someone who can appreciate, oh, okay, like, you know, I can, I can take this opportunity, this pain that I've got and choose to use it as fuel to destruct my life or to construct something new, to construct a new, to design a new life with energy. And that's the, the power of it. So now moving forward, like what's next for you? You talked about your, your new challenges regarding when you started Success Circles and now you're having a scaling conversation. Where are you at now and, and what is next? Yeah, great question. So uh, we have an ideal customer. Our ideal customer is someone who's done a lot of growth work, someone who's done David Destiny Business Mastery. They come on board, they get what we're doing. You're in conversation every day, you're making progress, um, Kaizen, the Kaizen Principle, all of that. And uh, so I've been working with these ideal customers and finding communities. We're actually bringing success circles into a couple of these communities out there, a couple of other communities that deal with the same customers. And um, a friend of mine has been challenging me about taking this and building some sort of curriculum and bringing this into the corporate arena, mm -hmm. realizing that in companies, given COVID currently, people need more connection. They need an outlet to be authentic and real and uh, not have things bottled up. And not that we're not therapy. What we do is not therapy at all. Yet there is that, that opportunity to be heard, mm -hmm. to be connected and have a framework that really uh, keeps you lifting, elevating each and every day. Right. So, it's, it's, so the next challenge or the opportunity for me is taking what we're doing, 
going into the financial world and the engineering world, perhaps where I used to be in, bringing this as a company, showing the idea of a huddle and showing people that, you know, before pre-COVID, things were evolving in a way where there were no cubicles, people were able to cross-pollinate and connect. That's no longer available, at least for the short time, for the next six months, a year, um, depending on where things are, what states and how things are worse. However, you can, you can virtually, you can m mimic some of that right. by creating the opportunity for, for uh, your team to have huddles. And now it's a matter of creating focal points in these huddles to uh, ensure that they're elevating themselves, they're heard, they're able to capture their own why, their own personal why. And ideally that, that personal why also feel, fits into the bigger company why mission too as well. And having that peer conversation, you know, Bloomberg had a uh, article years ago that peer accountability is the ultimate driver of performance. And I believe that mm -hmm. versus engaging with a manager, perhaps um, like having a peer group where the, you're expected to show up and play big, adding value that's the bigger driver performance, right. providing people are open to it and so forth. Love it. Yeah. One of the things I was doing before, uh, before all this happened I was at the treatment center and, and taking it out was a similar concept. It was a weekly thing, but it was about investing in the staff, in the people and getting different, you know, like from different parts, different uh, silos, as it were. Unfortunately, some of the companies are more siloed than others and breaking those down by getting them together weekly and then teaching them to then take that concept and every day, we didn't, I don't, what we called them, it was just like a morning meeting. We didn't have a clever name for it, but each department would get together in the morning and that was part of the training and just kind of set the intention for the day, celebrate the wins of the day before and get focused on what the outcome is and just really connect as humans so that it would, it, it would take away whatever sort of challenges that may be there because of the lack of connection. Um, so it's great that you're, you're doing this for people, organizations now or bringing it to them as an opportunity and, and hopefully that the companies will because they're facing a new, a new paradigm. And I don't see, quite honestly, I don't see necessarily uh, things going back and I hate, to, I hate this term, the new normal, but I think there's going to be a lot of organizations that are going to be happy with the not having an office, not having that overhead, not having exactly. the, you know, so there's going to have to be a new way to continue some connection uh, because without that, there's going to be a lot of fracturing that occurs. And right now, while it's still new, people are like, ah, they're happy to be at home and, you know, it's, <laughs> exactly. it's okay, you know, and as, as things start to settle and the, the novelness of it wears off, other patterns are going to start showing up and we've got to exactly. be proactive about it. Exactly. Especially around, I'd say human connection, mm -hmm. being heard, uh, it's the ability to move around a bit here once in, once in a while. Yeah. Um, it's all, even schools, of course, also dealing with that too, as well. Um, it's, it's a big dilemma. And uh, I, I think one way to mitigate that is of course the huddles, what we're doing, mm -hmm. um, going back to the model you mentioned before the work you were doing previously, I mean, 12 step, that whole model is brilliant. It's, it's, yeah. it's so many people, millions, tens of millions of people have overcome addictions and beyond by getting connected and being related and being heard and uh, having a sponsor of sorts where they're all peers. That model is brilliant, right? And well, I yeah. used, I mean, I wrote this book, the uh, 
under construction, navigating the detours on the road to recovery. And I share a little bit. I use Tony's uh, six needs model uh, because it's a little more elegant and somewhat agnostic compared to some beliefs around the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. But you could take the, tw- the, the six needs and just put it over the 12 step and run those filters. And the 12 steps when being run appropriately and ecologically meet the six needs for Absolutely. fulfillment. That's it's right. not just the four for, you know, the primary needs, but the spiritual needs are met when actively working the program. Exactly. Uh, and we so, know that when four of those needs are met by anything, it becomes like a must. Uh, we we, yeah, we, we find ourselves addiction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's why, yeah, I mean, I, I use that because I, you know, as we unpack the hot dog a little bit, when I used it, it was to take the, uh, the edge off of and the charge around someone's identity mm-hmm. around and a negative identity around addiction and being an addict per se. When uh, my role, my perspective was, look, everyone's an addict. You yeah. just happen to be addicted to drugs or alcohol and look how this happens. Now let's incorporate the needs of the person, yeah. the needs of the spirit Let's add growth and contribution in here and let's find new strategies because drugs and alcohol are just a strategy. Let's find other strategies to help you meet your needs. And a new filter was born and it also helped people get out of an addiction to the 12 steps. Exactly. Because people also get addicted to that. And they, you know, there's an illusion of growth if not done ecologically. Uh, So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I just love that. It's a very simple and elegant model and, and, uh, just happened to be in that environment for so long. I couldn't help it. You know, after, of course. Yeah. Another way to, another way of actually seeing it. I'm sure you've seen this as well. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. um, hypnosis, we're, right. we're all being hypnotized, right? Being hypnotized by the media, being hypnotized by politics. And you can either go down the path of least resistance and watch the television, be hypnotized by media commercials and so mm-hmm. forth. You see something seven to 14 times, you're more inclined to buy it or be involved because you see it so often it's in your, your vision, peripheral vision, mm-hmm. or you hear it or see it or, the senses you can choose to go down that, that 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 go down someone else's path their choices around you or you could hypnotize yourself toward making progress so you're yep. really owning your why each day and the things you do the guided hypnotic.com and the things you value we're being all being hypnotized mm-hmm. so it, it's just it's just making that choice what do i want to be hypnotized toward and i find environment is a big thing so our physical environment our peer group what we put in our bodies that all plays a big factor in terms of uh moving the needle toward the things that we want to be hypnotized toward. Yeah. And if you're, and if you know your why and you can condition yourself each day to own that why each and every day, um, especially early in the day before resistance starts building up. That's why we do the huddle early in the morning for most of our members. There's an opportunity in there to break, have a scotoma and break that, like that, that, that hypnotic thing and like really choose your own path. Um, in your day and kind of creating your day, owning your day, being an owner and yep. more. Uh, somewhat of a tangent, but uh, have you read the book, The Hacking of the American Mind? I, I haven't and I will based on you, 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 you mentioning it. Yeah, check yeah. it out. The Hacking awesome. of the American Mind. It talks about essentially how media and our environment mm. has hypnotized us and how we've been hacked uh, because of the motivations of, and you know, not to go too nefarious and all that, it, you know, you could even go into the idea the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm. Um, even there, take out intent in some sense, right. just notice the patterns and how we fall susceptible, like you just shared. 
it, it's just incredible. Like we don't even realize, you know, and I was going to post today, uh, just I had a thought and, and I'm trying to remember how I languaged it. Um, something like, do you believe that confirmation bias exists and does it support or uh, your acceptance or denial of the very bias in which you uh, are confirming? Mm, got it. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. so interesting because yeah. all these conversations that we have and, and when it gets into the hypnotism and, and the, where we put our focus and all that and the scotomas or the RAS that are happening are yeah. all part of the confirmation bias seeking yes. shall find. Yes. Yeah. Ask me shall receive. So if I'm going to find out, like if I'm going to start my day and go, what's going to be the worst thing that happens today, we're going to find it. But if I have a, you know, a, a huddle in the morning and, and I'm represented to, hey, what, what's my purpose? What's my why? What are some successes that I could build on yesterday? If I were to do anything different, what new decision could I make? All of a sudden, new hypnosis occurs and new confirmation bias occurs. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Early, early in the day, day the better, ideally. And uh, we, we have a choice how we wire ourselves. I've got a podcast here called Hacker Focus. So I interview these uh, the people who are experts in that area, that arena. And I've always been very passionate about um, how I could um, create more time my day, bend, bend time, for example. Mm -hmm. And um, a, lot, a lot of that is just simply focus, like getting people overthink things too much. And, and it's like breaking that pattern of overthinking things and um, keeping things very simplistic, you know? So uh, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I've got a kettlebell next to me and then just, it's there. And sometimes I move it around just to inspire me to like uh, to work out. I've got to move it because we go, we, we go unconscious that it's there. An actual cannonball or is it one I, of those? Oh, the no, a, a kettlebell. Like oh, a kettlebell. I think said a cannonball. <laughs> no, a kettlebell. Go one of these. <laughs> like I got, I got this from Chris Brogan. Like I think one of the ideas or this is, is having the things that are important to you near you right. and effectively moving them around so we don't go numb to them. So like they're sparking joy continuously. Once again, it's about really your, your, your peripheral vision and mm -hmm. having things in your focus, your, your particular field of, of seeing things, making it simple too. I mean, we're talking about all the, all, we're presenting all this unique language around, um, you know, the conscious and unconscious and it's just, it's just keeping things very simple. Like, if you want anything in life, keep it in front of you. Right. If you want, if you want to move there faster, start hanging out with people who will remind you how awesome and great you are yep. and be willing each day to be coachable and open and that you're willing to take s small actions toward moving the needle forward. And if you're willing to do that each and every day with some sort of a consistent rhythm, eventually you'll get there. You know, so for some people it's fast and it might be a few months, uh, it might be a few weeks, um, for some people, it might take years, but as long as you're making progress each day, that's what counts. And progress equals happiness, equals fulfillment, and you know, all of that. 100%. And I believe our philosophy is very similar in the when it talks about proximity of, you know, surround yourself with people whose normal is what you aspire to. Mm. That, that's what I do. And it has taken my life to incredible places. And... One of the challenges with that, and I wonder if you've experienced this, uh, and it's that delicate balance of when I can speak for myself, when I put myself in an environment where I'm not the most successful, which is, I, it's a, I do it all the time. I make sure that, and the people I hang with are like super successful, um, you know, started out with music, right? So I was hanging around all these A-list musicians and I am not an A-list musician. I do not have the skills. I do not have the, I just, I didn't put the work in and I acknowledge that. And, but some of these guys just seem to have natural talent far above my abilities. 
I would find myself sometimes feeling like less than, not as accomplished, not as good as because everyone I hung out with, for the most part, was more talented than I was, which forced me to raise my game. But even me at peak still didn't have me up at their level, but it definitely brought me up. And then same thing, I got on the road with Tony Robbins, I'm modeling. So here I am, you know, like Tony's my, my mentor. He's, he's who I'm comparing myself to. And it's like, for multiple reasons, it's never going to be, it's not even a fair comparison. And yet it is on, on some levels. So how, what are some of the strategies, the tools, the mindsets that you've used to allow yourself to keep confidence and build confidence without getting into a comparison? Because the only way you could put yourself in an environment with people who are m more talented, more successful, more anything to model, you have to compare them enough to be able to say, hey, they have something I want, which means I have to acknowledge I don't have it, which then puts us in this weird thing. I mean, obviously I have my ways that I do it, but I'm just curious, do you experience that? Have you experienced it? And, and how have you navigated it? do yeah all the time and i think from a lot of people experience that regularly because social media they're always comparing themselves right. to others instagram yep. facebook um first of all like i i tend to avoid all those places where comparison may show up so i've got mm -hmm. a feed eradicator on facebook so i'm rarely on facebook or instagram i'll have my team kind of work through that too and i'll get on it at some points um realizing that everything's made up Everything in the world we have around us, everything as a construct, it's all completely made up. If someone's idea, even success circles is made up, you know, everything Tony even talks about too, he invented himself. Who he is as a person, as a leader, he created that. And he's like the tone and the word the tone means something to him in terms of his ability to uh, articulate certain things, kind of owning that. Um, realizing that as we connect with people who are like playing a big game, let's say, or A-listers, as you mentioned them, they may not necessarily have the perfect life. You, you see what you see on media and it may occur a certain way, but behind the doors, their relationship might be collapsing or something. So realizing that no one's perfect, mm -hmm. recognizing too, we're all human. We've got the we're, we're same blood, you know, like in terms of we're, we're human, we're people, we have, you know, like we, we have the same pain points physically and so forth. And um, I think those are all things that, that for me, like really have me, break out of comparison mm -hmm. and I used to be right I used to like compare myself all the time to people quite often and you know it's easy to play small and it can be an excuse to play small in life right. and um, I, I believe the bolder we can be especially as we can stack boldness each day um, eventually who you see yourself to be will start shifting to as well your identity starts shifting to as well and we've got to do our own work too sometimes and i used to go back in days like talk to myself in the mirror for example do you know like i love you and I, like like eye contact myself I, I did that work for some time eventually you you do it enough times where you don't need that anymore it just, right. it's just like meditation may not be as critical it's still useful it's effective to kind of minimize the sixty thousand thoughts we have in our head ongoingly throughout the day but it may not be as essential as it used to be so it's, right. it's, just, it's just applying those strategies, priming our minds, recognizing it's all made up, minimizing the distractions like social media. Like I haven't watched TV in years. Uh, post 9-11, what got me on, on the brink of depression where I was prescribed um, 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 prescriptions around mental health, like, you know, like antidepressants, and I've never taken any. But, but I, I was, because my focus was just that, 
the 9-11, all the challenges happening in the world. I also lived by the towers as well. Mm -hmm. I lived uh, just about half a mile away in Jersey City, if I exchange place. And um, it's it just allowing, protecting your focus, all of us protecting our, our field of focus and ensuring that, that we're not allowing ourselves to be distracted by the media and how the world looks recognizing it's all made up everything's made up completely and it's up to you to kind of create your own game your own world and the choices you want to make and go ahead and build something right try try something out see if it sticks get feedback ongoingly from people who are, who are like a step or two ahead of you and you'll get there yep yeah amen i mean i for me very similar and and the the other thing i've consciously done is be sure that the the people i'm surrounding myself with are also grounded ecological that it's yeah. it's more than just a certain thing that i'm looking at modeling it's it's a much bigger picture and that they're not sitting there judging either like there's no that yeah. their their mindset is support oh how can i help you oh this is great and i, and I have i can ask questions and you know that's why i can have conversations like this because then I go, oh, okay, cool. And we come from the human and spiritual aspect instead of just the material aspect, just the, you know, the accomplishments, but more of meaning the, the material accomplishments as opposed to the spiritual accomplishments and, and what's so much bigger, yeah. uh, which is also what I, I love about you. And I appreciate what you're doing is, is creating a space for people to have that experience, that holistic experience, to have access to multiple models and, and have that momentum built into the process as opposed to them having to go out and generate it, which they will as they continue to grow, but also have like a, a fuel tank basically every day to kind of go and get some, some extra energy from. Thank you, Doug. Yeah. You've got the ability to bring the best out in people. That's part of one of your gifts that you have. It's very clear. And um, I, I think for some people out there, the A-listers, for example, part of their survival mechanism may be just winning. Mm -hmm. right, that, that whole mechanism and why they're generating revenue or you know, right. all, all the things. And to uh, break that pattern, whether their, their game is always winning, they're going unconscious to other areas of their life. Um, it takes something and it takes, I think the ability to listen to people. One, one of the things that we don't talk about with success circles is on these huddles, you get very masterful listening, active listening, empathic listening, being able to hear the unheard, hear the intentions behind what people are saying all the things you're masterful at, at. And I think as we get better at listening to others, we get better at listening to ourselves too, realizing that we're all the same. We're all connected. We're all mirrors of each other. My wife and I are the same. We're, 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 and the more in partnership we are, the more we realize that we're, we're, we're mirrors of each other in every way. And when you're able to recognize that, the walls drop and you realize that anything's possible because it's all made up. And so like, let's take that to another level. How are you noticing that with your, your children? Are you yeah. seeing <laughs> patterns that they're picking up? It, it's amazing with the kids, and I, I see their patterns. I, I see that. I'm also, it's also healing, too. Yep. I see them making choices, and my, my daughter and my, my son, I, I see uh, them noticing things. I'm like, oh, you know, as a kid, that happened to me, too, right? And I could see how kids make up stories all the time and what this means. And, of course, we do our best to uh, mitigate those things and really show them how, how much how lovely they are. Yep. Um, I, I think no, having ages ours, right? She's what, five or six now? She'll be five this month. Yeah. 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 So yeah. It, it's just being in our eyes, like seeing her make up these things. And it's, it's very, it's very healing for us. It's also healing if we catch these things for her as well. Also just a reminder that, you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's like all these lessons we learn in growth work, you know, and not to make up stories and all of that. Um, 
but having a child's amazingly healing. Even my niece, when she was born, like I took care of her a lot. My sister's a single mom and uh, it, it, and I, it's no accident. I started success circles two months after my niece was born. I just saw hmm. the opportunity of one day being a dad myself. Yeah. I had a compelling future for myself and just healing, seeing her journey um, over the years. Um, it, it, it just provided a lot of healing because you, you see our parents never had, um, there was no book on how to, how to raise their kids. Right. There was, there's none of that. Um, I, I, I watched, from the age I was like six, I was watching soap operas, General Hospital, All My Children, um, Edge of Life, because we had people in our household learning English by watching like Three's Company and all these soap operas. And by the time I was like 10 or 11, I was watching these things and that became part of my life eventually. Mm -hmm. And you kind of wire yourself, you're hypnotized through like, well, is this real? And, um, you know, it, it takes something to break out of that, you know, and, um, and, um, yeah, I mean, soap opera, people like soap opera. Soap operas are fine. They're, 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 I'm sure they provide something. Um, it's, it's easy to go through life and create that over and over again, thinking that that's the reality. So uh, we don't watch too much TV in our household. If we yep. do something, it'll, it's, it's something playful. It's, it's, it's enjoyable, something where there are lessons involved. Um, yeah, I, that's what's there. I've been, uh, I don't watch a whole lot, but um, what I have like at night just to kind of zone out, uh, Logo or Me TV here has got, uh, like I've been recording them and, and catching them at the middle of the night. Uh, Happy Days, hmm. uh, Three's Company last awesome. night, Laverne and Shirley. Um, and just, it's funny, you look back at these shows and I know part of it is just reminiscing, you know, because hmm. just going back like, oh, you know, it was a more innocent time growing up. But also most of those shows had a message yeah, they did. Yeah. You know, especially like yeah. acts of life and stuff like that, or, you know, uh, there was always some message and, and some, and now not that we want, I don't watch really anything now, so it's not fair to say, but like even the stuff that Ellie's watching as yeah. it's not really a whole lot of messaging. <laughs> right. Like there's no lesson Right. You know, when you're done, you don't go, Oh, I see how that applies in my life. It's like, yeah. Interesting. Um, I, I agree. I, I think there are also a lot more distraction points too. Like right. also, so like our daughter watches TV and she watches, um, uh, I think it's called Blues Cruise. I think it's called. Blues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 She watches that, but it's like the show ends and it goes to the next show and it's like, we have Amazon prime. So it goes to, and we have a uh, Netflix. So it, 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 it like goes to the next show. So there's no moment to pause, absorb the lesson to talk to mommy and daddy back in day, back in days, you had commercials or it's dinner time afterwards to kind of engage and kind of absorb those lessons. So I think a lot of the shows do have lessons. It's just a matter of, well, those uh, I was thinking some of the other, like, yeah, I mean, she watches like, you know, uh, Daniel Tiger and right. Daniel Tiger's great. Yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, she has older friends. So now she's watching the show, Sam and cat. Who, mm. It's a re, it's a rerun that she's watching. I think only these first two seasons and it's uh, Ariana Grande. The show, I guess it was the show mm. that got her start. Um, and it's, there's nothing in it it's vapid mm. and i feel bad that you know this is i mean she's cute because she's like modeling the like the voices and like ellie's going to be an actress i'm sure of some entertainer she just loves like she she will she's even like using devices in her voice and when she sings mm. she like does rah, like she's really <laughs> well, she, well she gets that from you of course because oh, you're passionate about it yeah, yeah. between the two of us yeah <laughs> um, but interesting how you started so i'll share this one story and, and we can start wrapping up uh yeah. the other day is a while it's maybe a month ago she, we limit her use of the uh ipad yeah 
And she's like, okay, you know, it's time up. And she, she freaked out. She was like, you know, not having it and, and had a bit of a, a fit. And she started getting angry and throwing stuff. And I'm like, well, this is exactly why you, we, we, mm-hmm. we've got to like limit your time. You, you clearly are, have an unhealthy relationship with the iPad. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she calms down a little bit and she's, she comes in after about 20 minutes. Everything's fine. She's calm. She's like, daddy, I feel better about the iPad now. I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, I'm not mad anymore. I'm like, oh, okay. That's, that's good. She goes, you want to know what I did? And I was like, well, yeah, tell me. Well, I just imagined I had my iPad. So I just <laughs> sat down and I sang all the songs and watched the videos in my head that I wanted to watch. So I felt better. And I was like, wow, like you're, you're figuring out state management and understanding that you can create your world and you don't need this outside stuff. And yeah. imagine what else you can create. You know, you created something you were familiar with and yet you could also create something brand new. And you would know yeah. the difference. And it was, I was like, okay, we're, you know, yeah. we've been leaving clues for her, hopefully. Awesome. <laughs> I, I think it's great. Um, the lessons that they have early in life that becomes who they are later in life, especially these key, key, key years, uh, four, five, six, seven. Like, it's just like, it's like those lessons. And uh, we're not sure as far as the fall goes with our daughter, who's, who's the same age as, as yours, um, how we'll proceed. She was in a Montessori program, which encourages focus and concentration we're not sure how that'll proceed going forward uh, with everything going on, but we want to, I'm committed to focus. I'm committed that we're all like having these awesome lives and that these key co- co- cornerstone years, you know, are uh, productive and awesome for her. Right. She's able to. Yeah. So I, I know that um, obviously Trump had said uh, we want schools open um, and we have the same thing. Our daughter goes to Montessori and uh, same thing. What is your plan B? Plan B. So we have uh, got some great babysitters on care who happen to be okay. teachers. Oh. So we had one who was a sixth grade teacher for three months. It was amazing. So she had some connection with that. We had a play date with one of her friends from Montessori school. Um, that's kind of plan B and maybe they have some connections where they're able to meet in person. Um, we're not sure about school. I mean, one of the issues with schools is that when our daughter would go, like she'd come home and um, we'd get sick. Or my son would get sick too as well. It's like kids carry their, they're not intentional about coughing, but just so happens that they got a little bit of a germ here, a germ there. And it's like the whole family is sick now. And it's like, yeah. and, and you and I are very health conscious, right? Get my green, green drink here. And um, so we're just being present to that and planning accordingly and maybe making choices where she's able to connect, which connections are really important. Um, I'm curious what the schools are going to present. I really am. And then also there's this thing too, like we're now like with this, the school, the school system, maybe having technology could be a good thing given that like, because the school she was part of is no, it was anti-tech. Mm-hmm. And now given that new state of things, she has to keep learning. She has to keep evolving. Right. Yep. And so it's, it's um, I think it's having those conversations, like maybe you and I having a conversation like right now in this moment or talking to the parents too, and uh, coming to, greater awareness in talking to people and figuring out a solution given all these variables. I think that's, that's probably something will come forth. That's a mixture of all worlds. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the hybrid is, is going to be the, the way it goes. I think that the challenge with that is measuring where someone is at. It's easier when they're right there. The teacher can kind of be there and say, oh, okay, I see where you're progressing. Here's where some challenges. They have some more professional kind of mindset around it and experience. Whereas parents, especially, I mean, we, we're in a little different position where we work from home, but I, I can imagine people who, you know, have to go to work or, you know, they are working from home and they're unable to kind of allocate time. Like, h- how do we create a system that the children are getting? I mean, these are formative years are getting the, the attention and the modification. Again, you know, we look at school and, and the good and the bad out of this, I guess, opportunity is to look at it because the old way of school was designed for the industrial age. And we all know that, but they haven't changed it a whole lot. Um, Now that we're even progressing past the information age, like how do we best prepare our children for the new world in the way things are done, the way things communicate, the way business is done, the way we contribute, the way, you know, so we certainly need to incorporate technology, but it's, it's quite a fascinating uh, is, yeah. conversation about like what's next because um, you know, politics aside, I think one could pretty much say without any sort of partisanship that maybe this could have been handled a little bit differently. Yes. Um, yeah. And like, so are, are we reacting again now that the school, because there was no plan in the first place. And now we're scrambling for a reactive plan because school is coming up and no one's making a decision anyway. So it's, it's really, um, you know, it's going to, we need a, a next level bit of leadership coming up here. Agreed. agreed uh, yeah. And when I say that, I mean our own leadership, not about who's leading the, like just humans in general need to step up as leaders for their families more, you know, more, more now than ever before. Exactly. Yeah, we got it resourceful, and not everyone out there is as resourceful as you are, um, as or, as as I am. And um, yeah, it's a complete a hybrid solution of sorts. Yeah. But it's not just you know our our kids. It's also like hundreds of millions of children out yeah. there dealing dealing with this you know in a system. And you want to protect their focus. You want to ensure yeah. they're making good decisions that they're being empowered to. You've got you know the whole nature of um, and I, I hate to go down this path like later on in, in this conversation, but like one ill thought can lead into like, like a child or an adult making a mistake, going to, going to a school and doing stupid things, mm-hmm. hurting people. And, um, and once again, it's about focusing, really like, focusing on uh, evolving, being better as people, being more conscious, being more, 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 more present as leaders of tomorrow. Yep. Um, and, um, this is going to have a toll. And even if you go back to school and things open up and then people get sick again, it's the fall season and flu season evolves. And does this person have the actual flu or does this person have COVID? Like all those conversations that will come out of that. Um, we, we, we just have to like be willing to be all of us as parents, be extraordinary leaders to step up. And it does take having good role models. So uh, if you have a solution around that in the future, if you find a great, site or something that sort of please please tell me because you know i want to learn i really do we're always looking and we're you know considering you know all sorts of options we were you know underwhelmed with the the process that the her last few months of school were yeah Um, likewise so we're like oh this is what it's going to be we're going to have to figure something else out because this ain't going to work like this is you know just 
and hearing from other, it, it's not unique. I think no one was prepared for it unless you were already homeschooling and already had a system. There, there are people like, I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think our school actually did Google Montessori lessons and say, here, watch this video. Like, <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. Well, we could do that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 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 So yeah, I, I think it'll be a hybrid. I might ask my sister, my sister homeschooled her son for a bit of time. So I might ask her what she's done and it's, it's like a hybrid solution. It'll be, and I, and I trust that we will get through this. I know we talked about yeah. some crazy things recently. I trust that we're, we're, we live in the greatest country, country in the whole world, I believe in terms mm -hmm. of resourceful and freedom and so forth. We just celebrated the 4th of July recently. Um, I trust that as a nation we'll come and make better decisions going forward and we'll create some sort of standard and we'll learn from it, especially given the whole world is flat and we're able to learn so effectively with technology and blogs and things of that sort. Um, it's it just being open to it and not letting our egos get in the way. I think that's a big part of it. And, and, and I'll leave with this thought. My, my experience from all this, I've watched people double down on whatever provides them with certainty because we have so much and just because they're certain about it doesn't mean it's supporting them. And there's a lot of that going on on both sides. I think it's where we're seeing the, the divide. Yeah. People are just doubling down on their environment that they feel certain in and without picking sides. It's just looking at it from the outside going, Oh my gosh, like everybody who has no certainty is doing everything they can and surrounding themselves with people who agree with them so they can have more certainty because they're freaking out and they don't know what to do. Exactly. And um, yeah. what we do need is, is that guiding light to expose and, and people to start coming a little more into the gray area of possibility. Um, and again, that's why you know, I ask you to be part of this because you're living more in the gray area, giving people the opportunity to create their own certainty as part of a community that are willing to question things, that are willing to hold each other to higher standards, willing to create certainty where there is none in a way that is, uh, is positive and supportive as opposed to you know, negative and destructive. So you know, thank you on behalf of the universe, on behalf of God, on behalf of everyone you touch for, for what you're doing. Thank you for playing your part too with this, Doug, with everything you're doing too as well. And it's up to people like us to um, carry the torches, right? Inspire others as leaders and invite all of us to be leaders of tomorrow too as well. And it's not difficult. It's just shifting focus and uh, like breaking out of the, uh, the spell that most of us are in. Amen. So uh, if people want to get in touch with you, want to learn more about success circles or try out some of your free resources, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, easy. So thanks for asking me that question. Successcircles.com, successcircles.com, easy. We have free huddles. So there's something called the Momentum Group Huddle, every day, 1230 Eastern. We do that. It's a lot of fun. We celebrate our wins from Q1 of a day to Q2, um, share intentions or bold actions for the day. We have a group huddle on the weekend on Saturday. If you go to momentum.buzz, you can learn about that too as well. The link's on top of the page. Um, and if you want to contact me, just follow the contact form on successcircles.com. You can reach out to me. I'm accessible. Um, you know, um, this is all about all of us growing together. So anyway, I can help you or serve your audience. Anyone watching this, realize that, um, that there are people like Doug and myself and power teams and communities that are accessible. We just have this unique process with our huddles. I think the huddle is a great way organizations to uh, begin thriving at a whole new level, building connection, 
our ability to listen. I think the, the biggest thing I, I've learned in life throughout all of this with what we're dealing with is our ability to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it at that, just successcircles.com, and I invite all of us to be able to listen um, more intently to each other. Amen, brother. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, love you for who you are and who you aren't. Uh, love to your family. And uh, we look forward to connecting even more and supporting the, the growth here for people in general. Awesome, my brother. Thank you so much. Awesome time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace, peace man. We'll talk awesome. soon. You're right. Thanks, brother. Thank you so much for stopping by and hanging with us and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast right here and we look forward to serving you even more remember download your free guided hypnotic meditation at guidedhypnotic.com that's guidedhypnotic.com where you'll get your free anxiety busting meditation We look forward to serving you, and if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to reach out. All right, we love you for who you are and who you aren't. God bless.